Amen. Amen. If you go to be seated for a moment. Again, we just want to say a huge welcome to all of those you, all of, all of you here in this place, but also those watching online. Um, I know it's getting a little full in here, so hopefully if you need a seat, you can find one. Um, again, today is Palm Sunday, and uh, today is the day that we remember and we celebrate uh, Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Uh, Matthew 21, it says that now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a beast of burden. Sorry, the foal. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him uh, and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Now again, it's amazing what happens in just a few days, isn't it? <laughs> You know, we look at just the celebration that was taking place, the way people were opening everything up to, to Jesus. They were putting things, again, their cloaks, they were putting palm branches down, and they were shouting this term, Hosanna. And some of you may know, some of you may not. Hosanna means save us or save us now, save now. And so they had this thought that Jesus was coming in to, to Jerusalem to finally go sit on the throne and to take his rightful place. And again, us here today having a little bit of distance to be able to look back and we see what was really happening. Was he coming there to save them? He was. He was coming there to save them on a much deeper level, on an eternal scope, if you will. But it was not the way that they maybe thought that it was, was going to happen. And so today, again, we, we lift our voices and we, we praise you know, Jesus that he went there willingly humbly, not, not even, uh, again, on this beautiful white stallion of a horse. He was in the simplicity and in peace. And, you know, today, as you can see behind me, we have uh, what's called a Seder set up. And it's going to be a little different service today. It's going to be a little different Palm Sunday. And if you um, really want to hear an elongated Palm Sunday message, go back to last year. And there's a really good one there um, that you can check out. Uh, that goes into a lot of detail of the significance of how Jesus entered Jerusalem. But that week coming, there were a lot of significant things that took place. And, and how many know what Wednesday is this week? Anybody? Passover. It's the Passover. And um, there's, that's what gonna, we're going to take a look at here in a, a little while. Um, our brother Kirill is here from Chosen People Ministries, and he is going to, if you've never seen a Seder presentation before, it's, it has huge significance, and it will really, I believe, bless you. It will really give a, a lot of understanding to the significance of the elements that are on the table. 
Um, we are also going to take communion together. Uh, he'll, he'll lead us in that. So if you haven't received those yet, you should have gotten those when you came in. That'll be, again, we'll, later on in the service, but just be aware of that. And so today, again, is a little different, uh, little different Palm Sunday, you know, again, because Wednesday, most of you probably will not be here. Um, and so that's why we wanted to really bring this to you today and just so you can uh, just this week really ponder and, and just dwell on the significance of Jesus truly coming and, and the significance of the Passover feast and what the elements and how they tied in to the promised Messiah, which Jesus is and was. And so today, again, just be in this place today. That's just what I really sense in my spirit today, just for all of us to be reminded of. There's just a lot going on. I know a lot of you maybe are coming back from spring break, and it's just kind of been a crazy journey, but we're entering now into this, what we call Holy Week, and there's just some significant events that took place. And if you choose to do that, to, to take part in that and to enter in as you walk through this week, and that's what we want to encourage you is to walk through this week with Jesus pause and think and go to scripture and look where he was throughout the week and what was taking place, all those events leading up to the cross. It's, it's so important for us. And so again, I hope that you're, you will be blessed today. We are going to sing a, a few more songs this morning and we are going to move into a, a song now, Hosanna. And again, everybody was, they were yelling this. They were, they were worshiping God and saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. And so we're going to do that today, and we are going to get a little help from some of the greatest people on earth, the kids here in the, the children's ministry. Yep. So they're going to be leading us, and the deal is you guys can't let them outperform you, right? <laughs> they shouldn't. Well, they might be more excited maybe, but they, they're bringing their A game today, and so we, we, we all need to bring as adults. I know we can sit there and be like, well, no. Find the, the inner child in you <laughs> and just worship God because that's he just smiles, I think, when he sees his children worshiping him in that way. Um, we're also, again, at this time, if, if you've brought uh, your offering to give, you're welcome to do that uh, during the next couple songs. Uh, there's some boxes in the room you can give online. Um, and again, why do we mention offering like this and incorporate it into the service? Because it is a form of worship, right? It is how we give to the Lord, is how we offer ourselves. Because it's not just about our money. God wants our whole heart. He wants our life. We offer everything to him. And so that's just a way that we are going to be faithful in, in our giving. So you're welcome to do that at any time on the next few songs. And then uh, there will be, after those are done, there will be a brief video on Chosen People Ministries. And our brother is going to come forward and move into the Seder presentation. So would you stand as we prepare to lift our voices and sing Hosanna to the Lord on high. In 1892, Rabbi Leopold Cohen passed an open door to a church on the Lower East Side of Manhattan and heard someone preaching the gospel in Yiddish, the language of his Jewish-Hungarian homeland. After reading the New Testament he received from the young Jewish preacher, Rabbi Cohen gave his life to Jesus and became deeply burdened for the salvation of his fellow Jewish people. This was the birth of Chosen People Ministries. Rabbi Cohen began reaching out to the tens of thousands of poor Eastern European Jewish immigrants. Under his inspired leadership, the mission he founded provided food and clothing, taught English and sewing classes, offered medical care, and shared the good news of Jesus the Messiah. Rabbi Cohen understood the importance of not only sharing the gospel with words, but also by showing the love of Jesus to his chosen people. 
As a result, many Jewish people came to faith. Headquartered in the heart of New York City, which has the highest concentration of Jewish people in the world, Chosen People Ministries also ministers in over 20 cities throughout North America. Although our world has changed since the days of Leopold Cohen, our mission statement remains the same. Our mission is to pray for, evangelize, disciple, and serve Jewish people everywhere and help fellow believers do the same. Thank you for your partnership, and we look forward to the next season of our ministry and working together with you to reach the Jewish people with the gospel. Shalom. So, I'm Chosen People Ministries. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for inviting us. Here's my wife, Elena, and me. Um, you know, that it's a double blessing for me to be here. Do you know why double blessing? Why? 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 It's very simple. Because I live here. I live in Bandalai. <laughs> and uh, my congregation, my Messianic congregation, uh, is in Arlington Heights. So it's just I am your local Jewish missionary. <laughs> So, thank you again. And uh, my name is Kirill Svidersky. Uh, I, I know that it's very difficult to pronounce, but it's not my fault. It's my parents all along. Um, I was born in uh, the former Soviet Union in Moscow uh, 57 years ago. Uh, where I'm married, again, he's my wife. We have uh, four children. All of them are boys, except three girls. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, I was born in a Jewish family, and uh, uh, we came to faith. Uh, now I am uh, a missionary. I have been working with Chosen People Ministries for 25 years as a uh, full-time missionary. Ten years uh, we were in Germany, and uh, there God blessed us to start Messianic movement. Today, there are more than 20 Messianic congregations in Germany where Jews believe that Jesus is their Messiah. Thank you, thank you Lord. Uh, if you understand the difficult relationship between Jews and Germans, you understand that miracle. Uh, since 2009, I'm here, and the Lord made the same miracles here. So since 2009, we have a Messianic congregation in Arlington Heights. Um, uh, Chosen People Ministries has invited me uh, to start the work among Russian-speaking Jews. Uh, maybe you don't know, but in our area here, there are about 300,000 Russian-speaking Jewish people. 300,000, it's an amazing place, and all of them need Jesus. So please pray for us, pray for us. It's very important. Uh, now, just a moment, yes. Uh -huh. We have a brochure there, you can, um, where, there, I think there, yeah, here, exactly. There is a black table there. It's important black tables. 
So we have brochure there, and you can take it with and read a little bit about us, about Chosen People Ministries. It's the most important thing, what you can do, just to sign up for our prayer letters. We do need it. And, uh, today is your chance to do it. And maybe some of you will have a blessing wish to support our ministry. It could be amazing for us. So uh, again, um, Chosen People Ministries is the oldest Jewish messianic mission. That mission was founded in uh, 1894. That story you know right now. And uh, today, Chosen People is a large mission with different branches in different countries. Part of our work is preaching the gospel, uh, establishing and leading Jewish messianic congregations, assist to the needy in Israel, uh, help uh, uh, different people. For example, today we work a lot among uh, Ukrainian refugees in different countries. And uh, uh, my work consists in uh, preaching the gospel, establishing and leading Jewish messianic congregations. Uh, I I'm also editor-in-chief of a Jewish messianic newspaper called Hesed, Voice of Mercy in Russian and German languages. And I lead a radio, I host a radio program uh, here in Chicago for Russian-speaking Jews. And that's an amazing tool to reach a lot of people. People are calling us while in air, and we have great discussions. And it's amazing because it's uh, give us possibility to meet people which you will never meet in the street. So it's amazing. Please pray for us. Just pray for us. We do need it. Well, today we will do something special, and it's Passover Seder. How many of you celebrated before? Hmm, quite a few. Well, so it should be very interesting for you. Uh, the very first Passover Seder for Passover was celebrated three and a half thousand years ago. When God freed the children of Israel from the slavery in Egypt, this is Exodus, the greatest story of redemption of the Old Testament. Well, did you know that the greatest story of redemption in the New Testament, the death of Jesus for our sins, happened on the very same day as Passover? Because it's the same story of the same God about him redeeming us, his people. Let me show you. This is so important to understand. When God freed uh, the children, uh, Israel, out of Egypt, he made a covenant with her. A covenant is a permanent relationship. And as part of this covenant, he gave Israel his laws, how they should live with him and with each other. Well, as a part of this wonderful gift, God gave the Jewish people also a schedule of seven appointed times with him. On this day, the Jewish people were celebrating God. And the number seven is a complete number, is very special. Uh, let me show you. Mm -hmm. So here is the 12 biblical months. And this is the 12 months of our year. 
If you notice, the ancient calendar is somewhat shifted. This is because in the past, life revolved around the harvest. So for the people back then, the year began with the beginning or end of the harvest season, and not just in the middle of the winter, as it's today. So there are seven appointed uh, times, the uh, seven festivals that God has given to his people. Noted the number seven and number of completeness in the Bible. Also, the first festival, Passover, is on the 14 days of the first month, that is two times seven, right? If you remember uh, school program. Okay. Uh, notice how important it is. It's the very first festival. It celebrates God's deliverance of uh, Israel from the slavery in Egypt. The next festival, a continuation of Passover, the festival of Matzah, is to be celebrated for seven days. The third festival, the festival of fruits, is on the first day of the week after Passover, right after the first Sabbath, which is the seventh day after Passover. Fourth comes another harvest festival that of weeks. It calls this way because it celebrates exactly seven weeks or 50 days after Passover. This is followed by the three fall festivals which are in the seventh month. The festival of trumpets is on the first of the seventh month. The festival of Yom Kippur, the holiest day in the calendar, is on the tenth of the seventh month. Followed by Tabernacles, a festival that commemorates how God was living with Israelites in the tent of wilderness on the 15th day of the seventh month. Tabernacles also last for seven days plus one. Seven, seven, seven. God is pointing out something here. I believe that it's nothing short of God's personal timetable for our salvation. Let me show you what I mean. Now, on the three of these seven festivals, all the Jewish people had to come together in Jer Jerusalem every year. At the beginning of the festival season, Passover. Ah, okay. In the middle, the festival of weeks. And at the end, the festival of tabernacles. As we've already said, Passover celebrates God's deliverance of Israel from the slavery of Egypt. Don't you think it's interesting now that Jesus picked exactly this day to free us from the slavery of sin and death? I guess he could have picked any day to give his life for us, but he picked this very day. Also, where did Jesus pay the price for us? In Chicago? In Washington? In Berlin? No, in Jerusalem, where all the Jewish people had assembled to celebrate Passover. He then tells his disciples that to wait in Jerusalem to receive the Holy Spirit. But why wait, Jesus? Why can't we have the Holy Spirit now, maybe they asked. Well, because I am on schedule. And do you remember when the Holy Spirit was poured out? Yes, exactly. On the day of Pentecost. And did you know that Pentecost in Greek means 50? 
Yes, because it's 50 days or exactly seven weeks after Passover. It's the festival of weeks. And where the Holy Spirit poured out? Also in Jerusalem, exactly where all the Jewish people are gathered to celebrate the festival. And they became witnesses to God's act of redemption. What about the last festival, Tabernacles? Well, I believe this festival has not yet been fulfilled. It's yet in our future. This is probably the time when our Lord will come to sit on the throne of David, his father, and rule over us who know him and love him. So Passover is the first festival on the seven appointed times of God. The first Passover was celebrated three and a half thousand years ago and was very simple. You eat some nice steak with some dry bread and bitter herbs, then you walk right out of Egypt. Well, with the centuries, more traditions became part of this celebration to help those things from the past come alive to us today. There is always beautiful decorated table on Passover. It has lots of different interesting elements uh, on it. There is a matzo bread here, but at the center of Passover is so-called uh, Passover plate. It has six elements on it. The lamb, shank, bone, an egg, some branches of parsley, horseradish, salt water, and this tasty mixture of apples, nuts, and honey called the haraset. Okay. Every Jewish festival begins with the lighting of candles. This is uh, uh, like a sign it has begun. And uh, for that, I'd like to invite my wife to come over here, okay, to assist me a little bit. Wife has to assist his, her husband, right? Uh, oh, it's here. Blessed are you, Lord our God, keeping King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us to kindle the light of his people. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, great. Now we are underway. When the Jewish people fled from Egypt, we didn't have time to wait for the leaven to rise in our bread. So beginning with the Passover and for the next seven days, all leaven is forbidden. You can't eat it and you can't oven it. Therefore, just before the Passover begins, there is a preparation to clean our uh, out the house of all cooks, cakes, bread, wines, vinegar, etc. Simply everything that contains leaven needs to go. This is a permanent break with the past. This makes the house clean or kosher for Passover. 
Another important thing that Jewish people don't call the Passover celebration. Rather, uh, we say the Passover seder. Uh, seder is a Hebrew word that means order. And that's because there are so many different traditions in a Passover seder that there must be some order to them. Well, there is. The entire Passover seder is divided into four parts. Why four parts? Well, because God led the Jewish people out of Egypt, he gave us four promises. We read about it in Exodus 6 to 7. Say therefore to the sons of Israel, I am the Lord and first. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And second, I will deliver you from their bondage. And third, I will also redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. And fourth, then I will take you for my people and I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. So there are four promises, and accordingly, there are four parts in the Passover seder. Now each part begins with a cup of wine or grape juice. Okay. Okay, now we are ready to begin with the first uh, cup. All right. Okay, first cup. The first cup called Kiddush, and it's the cup of sanctification. That's because the Lord promised, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And before the Lord does so, he first cleans or sanctifies his people. So now, when you drink it, we need to lean on our left side. Okay? Why? Uh, because in the ancient past, people would not sit at the table but recline. And the leaning on the left side was the position of relaxation. Uh, we remember the slavery in Egypt, but we are free now and relax. <laughs> Bless you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who creates the fruit of the vine, Lechaim. Mm. Sorry for you guys. Mm. I like it. Thank you. What happens now is that we need to fulfill a few traditions. Okay. Matzah. The first tradition is called matzah. Matzah is the flat cracker bread. When we fled from Egypt, there was no time to wait for the leaven to rise in the dough, and so we didn't use any leaven. 
Our bread was dry, somewhat burned, and it looked bruised and beaten down. In fact, when baking it, you pierce it to keep it from rising. This is a bread of affliction. And the next tradition is a bit strange. For that we need this so-called matzah bag. It has three separate compartments. Now we need to put in each one unbroken piece of matzah. So what we do now is we take out the middle, middle uh, matzah, not the first, not the, not the third, and break it in half. One half goes back, and another half we wrap in a napkin. Originally, it must be linen napkin. Now, this is called afikoman, and we will eat at the end of the Passover Seder. What does it mean? Funny thing, nobody knows. <laughs> Some say it means the unity of our patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But why was Jacob, Isaac broken? Others say it symbolizes the unity of the people of Israel, consisting of priests, Levites, and Israelites. But why break the Levite? Well, it seems that the answer to this has been lost in the centuries past, but this is an important tradition, and we'll come back to it later. Now we're coming to a very significant tradition, a retelling of the Exodus story. Uh, before the youngest person at the table should ask four questions. Actually, not just ask, but think for questions. Since uh, we have no young person on the table who speaks Hebrew, I am that young per uh, person for today. And so on. What makes this night different from all other nights? On all nights, we need to dip even once. On this night, we do so twice. On all nights, we eat chametz, leaven, or matzah. And on this night, only matzah. On all nights, we eat any kind of vegetables. And on this night, maror, bitter herb. On all nights, we eat sitting, upright, or reclining. And on this night, we all recline. I'd like to tell it from the beginning the way we find in the Bible. In the beginning, God created everything. His most important creations are humans, who alone were created to be like God and in, to be in close relationship with God. Like a mother bird, God builds a special nest 
for young, uh, for um, for his younglings that he called the Garden of Eden. <clears throat> there is nothing as beautiful in the entire universe. But the most amazing thing about this place is that God is right there with his humans. They can speak to him directly, they can learn from his wisdom, and they can just enjoy him. But in this most glorious of places, the darkest evil is born. Tricked by the serpent, the humans start believing that God is not on their side and that they need to become God themselves. They need to take their lives, their well-being, their happiness into their own hands and decide themselves what is good and what is evil. And in our, our arrogance, we turned against our maker. We went from being his beloved children to being his direct enemies. We lost our relationship with him and we had to leave his presence. The biggest conflict in the universe had begun, and something inside of us had changed dramatically. Pride, jealousy, malice, hatred, sickness, violence, suffering, murder, and even death have become normal parts of our existence. Is there any hope for the fallen humanity? There is. God does not abandon us and runs after us. He decided to create a new nation through which he will bless the fallen humanity and bring it back to him. So he revealed himself to this man by the name of Abraham. Abraham is part of fallen humanity, but he has a rare gift. He just believes God's word and does exactly as he says. There is only one problem. Abraham and his wife Sarah cannot have children. As a consequence of our broken relationship with our maker, our bodies sometimes don't function like they were designed to. But God does a double miracle in their life. They do have a son, Isaac, and then, then that when Sarah is 90 and Abraham is 100. Isaac later also has a son, Jacob. God gives a new name to Jacob, Israel. Israel has 12 sons, and they love each other so much that they end up selling the poor Joseph into slavery in Egypt. They are part of the fallen community, and the same brokenness fills them. But God turned their big plan for good. In Egypt, Joseph became the second most powerful man on earth. And when famine comes over the land, Israel's family moves to Egypt and reunites with Joseph. At first, Egypt seems to be the second Garden of Eden. It's beautiful, it's majestic, it has plenty of food, protection, good land for the cattle. But very quickly, the dream, this dream is broken. A new pharaoh comes to power who doesn't remember Joseph, and he enslaves the Israelites. He makes us toil for him, making bricks, building storage faculties, and working in the field. The pharaoh also killed our young boys to prevent our nation from become, becoming strong. And so we have become slaves in the land of our well-being. It was an awful time of suffering and humiliation for us. There was no one to save us from the hand of the mightiest power on Egypt, on earth in Egypt, except for one, our God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
We cried out to him, and he heard, and he came to save us, to free us from our bondage. He sent Moses and Aaron to talk to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, demanding, So said the Lord, let my firstborn son Israel go. But Pharaoh said, Who is this Lord of yours? I don't know him, and I will not let you go. And then God revealed his might to Pharaoh, to all of Egypt, to the entire world. He performed the ten great plagues over Egypt. And after each, Pharaoh refused to let Israel go. But the last plague was the most devastating one. Like they killed our children and refused to free Israel, God's firstborn son from, from slavery. So every firstborn in Egypt would die. Except... If you take the lamb, slaughter it, mark your doors with the blood, and enjoy wonderful steak dinner, trusting that the Lord will take care of you, because then the death will pass over you and not harm you, and you will go free in the morning. This is the Passover story. And so as we think about the slaughtered lamb that saved our forefathers and the painting of its blood on the doors, there is a little tradition that goes along with it. Originally, the blood was applied to the doors with a green plant called the hyssop. Well, instead of the hyssop, we take a branch of parsley during the cedar and dip it not in the blood, but in the salt water. And this is to commemorate all the tears that we were that were shed in Egypt. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech Haolam Borepri Hadama. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the Universe, who creates the fruit of the earth. Hmm. Did you buy it by Jewel? It's good. Hmm? Thank you. Again. Well. <laughs> uh, now, we come to the next doesn't work really. The next cup. Uh, so, uh, the first cup was cup of Kiddush, sanctification. The second cup is the cup of Makot, judgment. And that's because the Lord said, I will deliver you from, the, from under their bondage. And he did so through ten plagues of Egypt. What we have to do now, we have to remember these 10 plagues. Great, napkin is here. Wonderful. So, and uh, the way we're going to do that is that I will uh, say a name of the plague in Hebrew and English, and you have to, re to repeat after me, because today we will uh, learn Hebrew. Otherwise, what language do you want to speak in heaven? 
Yeah? I, I will help you, don't worry. Okay. Uh, and every time when I will say the name of, uh, 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 of the plug, I will take uh, a drop of, uh, uh, of uh, the juice. It's juice, it's not wine, don't worry. Uh, with my finger and put it on a napkin. And at the end, we have to, to have 10 drops on the napkin. All right? Let's go. Uh, okay. Dam, blood. And one drop. Svardeya, frogs. And one drop. Kinim, lice. And one drop. Arof, flies. And one drop. Dever, plague. And one drop. Shin, boils. And one drop. Barat, hail. And one drop. Arbe, locusts. And one drop. Hoshech, darkness. And one drop, and Makat uh, Bikurim, death of firstborns. It's good pronunciation. <laughs> Great. So now what we will do, we will learn another Hebrew word, and this word is Dayeno. Dayeno, it would have been enough, or it would uh, have sufficed us. Okay? Uh, you have just to repeat the word Dayeno, after me. All right? Dayeno. Great. Thank you. How many levels of favors the omnipresent one has bestowed upon us? If he had brought us out of Egypt and had not carried our judgments against the Egyptians, Dayeno, it would have sufficed us. If he had carried our judgments against them and not against their idols, Dayeno. If he had destroyed their idols and had not smitten their firstborn, Dayeno. If he had smitten their firstborn and had not given us their wealth, Dayeno. If he had given us their wealth and not split the sea for us, Dayeno. If he had split the sea for us and had not taken us through it as on dry land, Dayeno. If he had taken us through the sea on dry land and had not drawn our pressures, Dayeno. If he had drawn our pressures and had not supplied our needs in the desert for 40 years, Dayeno. If he had supplied our needs in the desert and had not fed us the manna, Dayeno. If he had fed us the manna and had not given us the Shabbat, Dayeno. If he had given us the Shabbat and had not brought us to Mount Sinai, Dayeno. If he had brought us to the Mount Sinai and had not given us the Torah, Dayeno, if he had brought us, uh, uh, if he had given us the Torah and had not brought us into the land of Israel, Dayeno, if he had brought us into uh, into the land of Israel and had not built for us the Beit Hamikdash, the temple, Dayeno, if he had not given us all of that, say we Messianic Jews, and had only given us Yeshua Mashiach, Jesus Christ, Dayeno. It would have been more than enough. How miserably great must be our thing giving for his abandoned favors we had received from him. 
because he led us out of Egypt and carried our, his judgment against Egyptians and their idols and killed their firstborn and gave us their wealth and split the sea for us and took us through it like on dry land and drawn our enemies and supplied our needs in the desert for 40 years and fed us with manna from heaven and gave us Shabbat and brought us to Mount Sinai and gave us the Torah and led us into the land of Israel and built a temple for us to forgive all of our sins and gave his only and unique son to death so that everyone who trusts in him may not perish but have eternal life. Do you know what we have to do now? We have to sing. So now you can speak Hebrew. We will learn sing Hebrew. All right? Ilu hotsi hotsilanu hotsilanu mimitsraim hotsilanu mimitsraim dayenu da dayenu da dayenu da dayenu 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 da dayenu da dayenu da dayenu 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 ilu natan natan lanu lat natan lanu edhatora natan lanu edhatora dayenu. Da da yenu, da da yenu, da da yenu, da yenu, da yenu, da yenu, da da yenu, da da yenu, da da yenu, da yenu, da yenu. Ilu natan natan lanu, natan lanu et Yeshua, natan lanu et Yeshua da yenu. Da da yenu, da da yenu, da da yenu, da yenu, da yenu, da yenu, da da yenu, da da yenu. Da da yano, da yano, da yano. Amen. To remember how, uh, just how hard it was in slavery, there is this very helpful tradition uh, called maror, which is the eating of the bitter herbs. What we do now, we take a small piece of matzah, Put a horseradish on it. And just eat it. Please pray for me. <laughs> it was really, really bad in Egypt. <laughs> but in the midst of all the hardship, there was also sweetness. And that's because God was always with us, helping us, strengthening us, and even saving us. So here is another important tradition. We take another small piece of matzah. Put horseradish and haraset on it. And uh, just eat it. It's brownish like a mortar out of which we were building the bricks. Mm. It's better. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech pri hagafen. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who creates the fruit of the vine. Lechaim. I'm really sorry. 
but it's really good. Okay. What would follow now the festival of Passover meal? It happens in the mid middle of the seder, but today we will skip it and go straight to the third cup. The first cup we raised was the cup of sanctification. The second cup was the cup of judgment. Then we had the Passover meal. And now we're raising Hegula, the cup of salvation. Because the Lord promised, I will deliver you from their bondage. But first, let us reflect on this. The bone reminds us of the Passover lamp. The Passover lamp is very special sacrifice. In the first Passover, if you didn't want your firstborn to die, you would take a lamp and kill it instead. You would put its blood on your house and you would roast its meat and enjoy it. It was the Passover lamp that made judgment Passover all those who believed God's word and did accordingly. The Passover lamb played such a huge role that it received the name the entire festival, Passover or Pesach in Hebrew. However, since the destruction of the temple in 70 AD, sacrifices are no longer being offered. The centerpiece of the Passover, the Passover lamb, disappeared from the cellar. Today we're just reminded of, uh, uh, of it by this lamp shank bone. What is interesting is that only in the last plague the Israelites had to do something in order to be saved. In all other plagues, it was automatic. There was darkness for three days everywhere, but in the Israelites' homes, there was light. The animals of the Egyptians died, but none of the animals of the Israelites did. But if you wanted the last plague to pass over you, you had to do something. You had to believe God's word and live by it. Take a lamp, slaughter it, mark your, uh, mark your house with its blood, roast it, and eat it. You had to believe God's word and you had to live by it. Obey, just do exactly as he tells you. If you do believe and live by this faith, judgment will pass over you and you will walk, walk free. But you had to do it. Hearing about it was not enough. To live next door to someone who put the lamb's blood on their house was not enough. You had to obey God's word yourself. One more thing. Okay. One more thing. Um, Uh, if you noted, there is a chair. We have two, uh, actually. One for me. Okay. Uh, for a special, very special guest. Uh, this guest always gets the best of silverware and chair at the prominent place at the table, and usually a pillow on this chair to make it very comfortable for him. But this guest never shows up. It's the prophet Elijah. We are waiting for him for each Passover seller. Why? Because there is a prophecy in Malachi 4.5. 5. 
that the prophet Elijah will come and announce the coming of the Messiah, the Savior. And so our sages thought, what would be a better time for Elijah to come there on Passover, the day when God freed us from the slavery in Egypt? But he never comes. We even open doors, send the kids to shout for the prophet and sing songs about the coming of Elijah. Eliyahu Hanavi, Eliyahu Atishbi, Eliyahu Ahiladi, Bimhira Yavo Eleinu, Imashiach Ben David, Bimhira Yavo Eleinu, Imashiach Ben David. Elijah the prophet, Elijah of Tishbi, Elijah of Gilead, may he soon come to us along with the Messiah son of David. But he never ever comes. That because he has already came. The Messiah has already arrived. Do you remember this? We made it at the very beginning today. It's the piece of matzah that is broken and wrapped in a linen napkin. It's a strange tradition, and nobody seems to know where it came from. But the little piece of matzah is called the afikoman. It's the last piece of food eaten at the Passover Seder, and interestingly, it's a Greek word that means, I have come. Nobody knows where this tradition comes from, but it's wonderful illustration of what we believe in. Look at again. There is this bag with three pockets. In each there is a whole unbroken piece of matzah. Here. They are separated from each other, but also united. It's three, but it's definitely one. Then the second matzah, not the first, not the third, is taken out and it's broken. One half goes back, but the other half is wrapped in a linen napkin as if it's dead. It's forgotten about for the duration of the seder until it's uncovered in the very end. And it's called afikomen, which in Greek means I have come. Do you understand what this is about? The Messiah Jesus, the second person of God, has come into our world as a human being. He gave his life for us to pay for the debt of our sins against God. He was wrapped in linen and buried. But on the third day he rose from the dead. He has come indeed. But you see, the sad reality is that this symbol are present at every single Jewish Passover Seder every year. And yet the majority of the Jewish people do not see, do not understand that he has come. By the way, guess what the Messiah did before he gave his life for us? He celebrated Passover. 
Let's have a look. Luke 22, 13 to 20. And they left and found everything just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. When the hour had come, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I shall never again eat it until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he said, take this and share it among yourself. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the wine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup, which is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. Verse 13. Passover. See, it was Passover like our today, and of course you have to prepare it. Passover. It was so important for Jesus to celebrate the Passover with his disciples before suffering for us. Verse 16. Fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Notice that it's so important for him that we'll be celebrating it when he comes back. 17. Cup. As we read along, notice also that Jesus celebrated the Passover with various cups, in fact with four, just like we did today. This is very ancient tradition. Verse 19, bread. And guess what bread this would be? Of course, matzah. All other bread needs to be thrown out before Passover begins. There is simply was no other breads around. This is my body which is given for you. It's actually interesting that Jesus doesn't take a piece of lamp to, take, uh, to talk about his body. It would have been unnatural. He is the lamp of God who, that takes away our sins. But maybe he knew that the temple would be destroyed and the lamp would vanish from the Passover setters. The matzah makes a lot of sense as well. Take a look. It's broken, dried up, pierced, bruised, beaten up. Jesus is saying here to his disciples, look at this matzah bread. My body will look exactly like this very soon because of what I am about to do for you. Whenever you celebrate the Passover, remember what I have done for you. Verse 20, cup after they had eaten. Notice now that he is taking another cup, and this time after the dinner. If you remember, there are four cups in a Passover seder. The first cup is the sanctification. Then come the cup of judgment, then follow the dinner, and after the dinner comes the cup of salvation. So Jesus takes up the cup of salvation after the meal. It's a cup of wine which is red like blood. 
And he says, this cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Just like the lamp was slaughtered at the first Passover, so the judgment was passed over you, so Jesus gave his life, spilled his blood, so the God's judgment will pass over you as well if you accept what he has done for you. Do you know how Christians call this cup? Communion. This is communion. And I hope you understand a little bit more about communion now, especially about this piece of matzah, which is his body. This piece of matzah he gave to his disciples, Afikoman. He has come indeed. Now let us celebrate communion. Uh, the question, everyone has the elements? Let's remember what Jesus has done for us. It's free for us, but it was not free for him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. You are amazing. You are the love. You came to us just to save us. Thank you for your life you has given for us. Thank you that we can live by our faith. Thank you for everything. Bless us now to remember what he, what you have done for us. In the name of Jesus. was a cup of salvation, like his blood, the blood of new covenant, of new covenant. We are really saved. We are brothers and sisters. One day we will be all together in heaven because of this blood. blood. Let us remember about this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you for your expensive, very expensive blood. Thank you for your life. Thank you for new covenant. Thank you for Holy Spirit you have given to us. Thank you that we can call each other brothers and sisters. Bless us, Father. We love you. Thank you.
Congratulations, we are at the fourth and final cup of the Passover Seder. This is Hillel, cup of praise. For after such a wonderful salvation, what can, what can one do but to worship the Lord? You know, worship is how we respond to God. We worship Him when we see or experience a glimpse of who He is, of how much He loves us, or just what He did for us. I'd like to encourage you to worship God in at least three, these three ways. First of all, worship with your life. 1 Corinthians 5, 6 to 8. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lamp of dough? Cleanse out the old leaven so that you may be a new lamp, just as you are, in fact, unleavened. For Christ, our Passover, also has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us celebrate the feast, not with old leaven, not with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Paul reminds the Messiah followers in Corinth that God has called us to live a pure life. Verse 6, leaven leavens. When you allow just a little piece of leaven, a little sin to remain in your life, after a while it will impact all of your life. This is what leaven does to the dawn. Verse 7, leaven so what we need to do? Clean our house, get ready for the celebration. Christ is our Passover, also has been sacrificed. The Messiah is our Passover lamp. Remember how the lamp was so important in the Passover that it received the name of the whole feast. It's Jesus. He is our Passover lamp who was sacrificed for us so that God's judgment for our sins struck him but pass over us. He made a deal with us. We give him all our sins and he gives us his holiness. This first eight feast, guess what feast? Passover, of course. So number one, yeah, and uh, unleavened bread, matzah, all right. So number one is to worship God with your life. The way you treat others, the way you spend your money, the way you talk, the way you think, the way you work, the way you dress. Worship Him with your life. But secondly, worship God with your testimony. There are lots of people around you at home, at work, in school, at the store, at the park, possibly even at church, who do not trust in Jesus yet. You have a powerful story of how He has changed your life. You know the Passover story, how God's judgment passed over you because of what Jesus did for you. Please share it with others, especially if you know Jewish people. Most of them do not realize that Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior. Pray for them love them and explain it to them. 
but thirdly, worship God with grace. This is what is done traditionally on Passover. This is what Jesus did with his disciples. In Matthew 26, 30, we read, After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives, from where Jesus is taken taken to pay the price for you and me. Let us lift our voices and thank and praise him for who he is and for what he has done for us. Baruch Adonai, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Borei HaGafen. Bless you, Lord, our God, King of the Universe, who creates the fruit of the vine. Lechaim. Now, do you know what we have to do now? To sing. Absolutely. Next year we will celebrate Passover in the rebuilt Jerusalem. Leshana Gaba Birushalayim Leshana Gaba Birushalayim Leshana Gaba Birushalayim Leshana Gaba Birushalayim Gabnoya Leshana Gaba Birushalayim Leshana Gaba Birushalayim Leshana Gaba Birushalayim Lishana Gaba Birushalayim Rabnoyale Shana Gaba Birushalayim Lishana Gaba Birushalayim Lishana Gaba Birushalayim Shana Gaba Birushalayim Rabnoyale You can speak Hebrew! Wow! Uh, if the Saint Peter will ask you in heaven who was the guy who teach you the Hebrew. Yeah, please say Kirill Swiderski. Please. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Let us pray. Thank you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for your love. Thank you for, for your being with us. Thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for this uh, Passover lamp. Thank you that we can live, we can be alive because of him because of you, Jesus. And I ask you for your big blessing, especially for this beautiful church. I, I ask you to make this church really for the light for all people living around here. Please make it a center for your being, that the people from around here will come here to find you, to be blessed from you. I ask you for this big blessing and bless all of us to be a living testimony for everyone who come to us, first for Jews and then for Gentiles. And I ask you about it in the name of the true Messiah of Israel and the Savior for all world, in the name of Yeshua Mashiach, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs>